Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Welcome, listeners. You're listening to Episode 72 of Widowcast, and today you're listening to something a little different because I have... um, opened a channel on YouTube called Joanne the Life Coach TV. And I did my first video on there as this podcast. So what you are hearing today is the audio from that video on YouTube. Interesting, right? Like I can do both at once, kind of. (laughs) So, um... If you want to watch the videos, go look for Joanne the Life Coach TV on YouTube and subscribe to that channel because then you will see me in my office recording the podcast and you'll hear it and see it both on YouTube. And be sure to hit the subscribe button because once I get a hundred or more subscribers on YouTube, they allow me to have more functions within my YouTube channel so that I can actually make better video recordings for you guys. So I think they hold back some of the things you can do to encourage people to promote their channel. So they require you have more than a hundred subscribers before they unlock those features. So do me a favor, go to YouTube, look for Joanne the Life Coach TV and click subscribe. Now on to our episode. There is some introductory part because it's a brand new channel on YouTube and Everybody who finds that video may not really know who I am and what I do. So about the first three minutes or so is introduction. And you can fast forward through that part if you want to. Otherwise, here's the audio. Welcome. This is testing everything right now. I am Joanne, the life coach. And I'm welcoming you to Joanne, the life coach TV. It's an interesting experiment. Clearly, my first time going live here, and I'm sure the day will come when I look back at the production quality for this video and cringe, but that's okay because I'm excited to launch Join the Life Coach TV. What I intend to do with this channel is to um, offer more generalized life coaching information along with the areas that I have specialized in. I'm a professionally certified life coach, certified with the Life Coach School, which I hold in the utmost respect. Um, A lot of what I do is what I learned from the Life Coach School. But along with that comes a lot of study and a lot of learning myself and a lot of experience. I started out teaching how to stop overeating because that is a passion of mine. 
But I was also newly widowed when I first started doing this professionally as life coach. I have coached many, many years in the corporate world. It's how I rose to the top in every corporate job that I ever worked in was the fact that I could coach my teams. When I left the corporate world, I decided that coaching is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that's how I became Joanne the Life Coach. So here I am today on YouTube. What I am doing today will actually be an episode for Widowcast because I have most recently begun working with widows and coaching widows, teaching widows how to coach other widows and certifying them as widow coaches so that they can help other widows find the strength to get through this and create a whole new extraordinary life for themselves as well. I think that's really exciting. So for today's episode, I want to talk about processing feelings. It's a big thing for widows. If you are um, someone who has followed me before and looked at my webinars, read my books, been listening to my podcast, Widowcast or Weight Coach on, you, on iTunes, you will know that I've talked a lot about separating out story from fact. Okay, and that's kind of a crucial first step. So today I'm going to go forward with the next step in that coaching model on processing your emotions. But first I want you to know my newest book, The Widow Coach, is now available on paper, in paperback on Amazon. I know most of you actually prefer to hold a book or you might want to get a copy of the book to share. That's why it was so important to me to be able to offer both of my books out in the world as paperbacks. The Widow Coach is a small book. It's an easy read, but it really packs a punch. So it's not only going to teach you how to feel better, it's going to show you how to help other widows move forward. So search The Widow Coach in books, okay? Or just search my name, Joanne Philomena. Go check it all out on Amazon. Starting today, I want to, this episode, speak to my widows. But even if you're not a widow, stick around because this is awesome information to learn. Trust me. But to my widows, I want to say, you know what? You are not sick. You are not broken. You are you. Your spouse has died. You are you. You are who you are when you've lost your beloved. It is who you are. It's not a disease. It's not a disorder. You are a widow. All the antidepressants on the planet will not process your emotions. It's just going to damp them down. You learn nothing. You don't move forward. As human beings, we have emotions and are meant to have emotions just like this. In our society, though, we've been raised to believe we should not feel bad ever. We think we're meant to feel happy and contented all the time, right? We look at the lives of others as presented on Facebook or on Instagram, and we think everybody has an exciting, wonderful, beautiful life and family and friends, right? That's because that's the part that we all post there. No one posts the morning when the kids are fighting, the dog is having diarrhea on the kitchen floor, right? We only see the golden moments, all the happiness. But the truth is, as humans, 
you're meant to experience a wide range of emotions. How do these emotions come to us? How do we experience them? Especially when our spouse has died, we're experiencing this massive tangle of emotion. By now, most of you know the difference between your story and the facts, right? We think our thoughts are actually fact. They're two different things. We simply tell ourselves things about the facts that create the story we tell around the facts. All right? A fact is actually neutral. Our thought is what we think about the fact. And it's important to know this because the next step is seeing how those thoughts create your emotions. That's what I want to talk about today. Now, I want you to note that I use the words emotions and feelings interchangeably. They're the same thing. Don't confuse feelings and emotions with sensations. Those are two different things. A sensation in your body is a signal your body sends to your brain, okay? It's like if you step down on a sharp rock, that pain in your foot is the signal your body is sending to your brain so that you can pick that foot back up quickly and learn to not step on sharp rocks anymore, right? To watch for sharp rocks. If someone pats you on the shoulder, you feel the comforting warmth and weight of their hand, right? That's a sensation. If you're hungry and you feel, I mean, actually hungry, not just wanting to eat. If you are hungry, you feel the emptiness of your stomach and actual hunger pangs. This is starting in your body and sending the signal to your brain. So your brain knows, oh, it's time to get some, some lunch, right? These are all sensations. Feelings are just the opposite. They originate in your brain and vibrate down into your body. They go the other direction. Feelings do not come from anything or anyone outside of you. This is important. Your feelings are all caused by your thinking. Every feeling you experience starts with the thought you have about something. Your brain does several things, okay? You let this sentence play in your brain. It's a thought you have about a fact that just happened, a circumstance in the world that you have no control over. The circumstance is neutral. You have a thought about it. When you have a thought about it, the brain vibrates that thought down into your body. It releases neuropeptides and hormones in your brain. Neuropeptides are small protein-like little molecules used by neurons to communicate to each other, okay? They are neuron signaling machines that influence the activity of your brain and your body in specific ways. I know that sounds really complicated. Trust me, your brain releases neuropeptides. They go down into your body. They can make you feel a certain way. Okay, our brain has chemicals and hormones that it releases that are also neurotransmitters. Okay, chemicals produced by those neurons carry messages to other neurons. 
like serotonin. You may have heard of serotonin as being the sleep chemical in your brain. It can also do other things. It causes uh, different emotions and different amounts of serotonin. Dopamine is that feel-good chemical. If you do a super tough cardio workout and you get that woohoo high from it, that's a dopamine, right? Endorphins and dopamine releasing in your brain. So this is a fact of life. This is where your emotions come from. The facts in your life, the circumstances in your life are neutral until you think about them. All right. So there may be a fact that you have a job. You have a job. That's the fact. It's totally neutral. You just have a job. Your thought is you have a soul-sucking corporate job, right? But that's your thought. It's not a fact. Now, we all think our thoughts are facts. You would say to me, hey, Joanne, let me let you talk to my coworkers. They're going to tell you what a stressful environment this is. They're going to tell you this is a soul-sucking job. But I bet if I checked in with your boss, your boss may not think you have a soul-sucking job. Your boss may think that you have a fantastic opportunity where you could rise to something within the company. Okay? If there's any adjectives in there, anything descriptive about the job, that's a fact. I mean, no, that's not a fact. If there's anything descriptive about it, it's a thought. All right? So your thought that it's a soul-sucking job creates a vibration from your brain and a cocktail of chemicals and neuropeptides that all vibrate down into your body and make you feel a certain way when you think about your job. You may feel like, um, you may feel depressed when you think this is such a soul-sucking job. You start to feel depressed. That's that thought vibrating into your body. Okay? If you thought differently, if you could think about your job the way your boss thinks about your job, like, hey, this is a terrific opportunity. You might actually feel excited every morning as you go to work. Right? Thinking I have an opportunity to create something really amazing at my job. It's a whole different feeling. It's a whole different set of vibrations and chemicals coming from that thought. But notice the fact didn't change. You have a job. Still the fact. One thought makes you feel depressed and exhausted and frustrated. Another thought makes you feel excited and motivated. And thoughts are optional. That's the mind blower, right? But don't think that you want to swap your thought out immediately. This makes most people want to immediately change their thinking. We call it thought swapping. Okay, you're going to think, oh, this thought is making me feel horrible. I need a better thought, right? And we suggest in many cases, it's just as simple as trying on a new thought. And sometimes it is, really. It might work. It's the first step to increase your awareness of how your feelings in your body will change with the sentence you play in your head. Paying attention to your thinking and noticing what you're feeling is something most people do not do on a regular basis. And it's important. It's important to begin there and just understand the feelings. 
right? Understand the feelings and the thoughts you currently have without trying to swap them out for something better. First, you need to become aware and you need to become aware of all the thoughts you're telling yourself that create the story, say, about your job and learn how to process those feelings. It doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time doesn't mean that you would even want to choose to be happy all the time. It's just not true. If you have, if you have to put down your beloved family pet, would you want to choose to feel happy and elated about that? Of course not. You choose to feel sad for having to put your pet down. You don't want to feel all happy, happy. If you hear about a child that's being abused, do you want to feel elated about that? I don't. I choose to feel horrified. I feel horrified about child abuse and the fact that it could even still exist in our world today. And I feel huge compassion for the little child. Those are the feelings that I choose. I don't want to choose to feel happy about that. So our life is not supposed to be about being happy all the time. Our life is not supposed to be like that reflection you see on Facebook of people who look like they're just happy all the time, right? If your doctor puts you on antidepressant medications because you're a widow, and this happens, first time I saw my family doctor after Jim died, and he was both our family doctor, he offered me antidepressants. And I was like, really? You know, I'm sad and depressed, but Jim just died a couple weeks ago. Like, you do know that. <laughs> Shouldn't I feel sad and depressed? I turned down the antidepressants. Because here's the thing. If they put you on antidepressants because you're widowed, it stops you from being able to choose to process your emotions. It doesn't make grief permanently go away. It simply delays the work you need to do. Those antidepressants are just dumbing down what you're feeling. So if you're not going to do that, then how do you process your grief? It starts with being able to recognize your emotions and label them. you got to name them. As a child, you may have experienced things that caused intolerable emotion. You often do. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't even have to be child abuse. Maybe you just had a bum experience the first birthday party you ever had, right? We figure out at a very young age that we can cope by distracting ourselves from those feelings. We continue this on into adulthood. Perhaps you overeat or snack to avoid your feelings. You could be someone who just throws themselves into their work to escape their life and their, what they might feel. We experience a negative feeling and our brain tells us we're going to die because of it. No one has ever died from an emotion. <laughs> you really can feel them. And once you learn that your emotions do not kill you and that you can actually allow them without reacting to them, then you can process them and move on, right? So how do you do this? 
you begin by noticing how a particular thought feels in your body. When you think you will never get to sit down with your spouse again, to just sit down and talk, give them a hug, how does it feel in your physical body? For me, when I think that thought, I'll never get to sit down with Jim again, at least not in this lifetime, it begins to feel heavy on my chest. It's almost painful in my chest area. I get a grizzly lump in my throat. You know, if I try to talk to someone in that moment to explain what's going on, I'm probably going to start to cry because that grizzly lump thing in my throat always proceeds tearing up. And even if I'm alone thinking this thought, I may begin to have tears stinging in my eyes. It's a dull, heavy feeling. Okay. If it had a color, it would be like a dark bluish gray, maybe with some yellow, dark ochre smeared in there. That's how I see it. And this is sadness. I can name it. I can feel it. Right? I can describe it where it is in my body. By doing that, the sadness actually begins to dissipate. It may return, but it's going to return in waves, and each wave is going to be a little less intense, maybe a little shorter in duration, because I've been able to allow the sadness. I have felt it. If you resist feeling sad, it's going to get more and more and more intense and build up in you the whole time you're trying to just push it down. I just try to push it down with, with wonderful homemade apple bread. <laughs> I gained 20 pounds after Jim died, like in just a few weeks. I'm an emotional leader. What can I say? I was pushing that down. As soon as I realized what was going on, when I finally stepped on a scale and went, holy cow, sat down, started dealing with my thoughts and my feelings to process them. Okay. So it can dissipate. It can return in waves. And then finally, your thoughts may change. I may be in the midst of that kind of heaviness and sadness and thinking about Jim. And then um, as the waves get less and less, I start to remember my favorite TV shows on that night. And I think, oh, I wonder what time that's coming on. <laughs> and those feelings go away completely. Now I feel anticipation of, you know, I don't know, a premiere of Game of Thrones. Or you may realize, oh, I'm hungry. It's time for me to start making some lunch. And the sadness dissipates, and there's a whole other thing going on in your life. This is how you begin to process. You ask yourself where in your body you can actually feel that emotion, that feeling. And it's in your body because it's coming from your thought vibrating down into your body. There are neuropeptides running down into your body, creating this emotion, this feeling. So ask yourself where it is. Is it in your legs, your shoulders, your stomach? You know, sometimes a bad feeling can feel like a, a punch in the gut. Is it a hot feeling or a cold feeling? For me, shame is like hot. Embarrassment, hot. Right? Depression, colder. Does it have a color that you're feeling? Is it a fast feeling or a slow feeling? How's that feel in your body? How else would you describe what you're feeling? You can do this. You can write this all down in a little journal. Exactly what you're feeling. I'm feeling like a punch in the gut. 
feels really bad. It feels sudden. It feels cold. It feels, you go through all of that, right? And then you can name it. You can name it. Like, this is sadness. Oh my God, this is disappointment. Once you get the name of the feeling, that whole time that you've been exploring exactly how it feels and what it might look like to you, you've been processing the feeling. You've been allowing that feeling to just move on through you. As a widow, especially as a new widow, we have a number of emotions, all right? Um, and this is not about the five stages or seven stages of grief. Please, if you know a widow, do not try to explain to her about the five stages of grief. She may actually punch you. <laughs> I just wanted to. It might apply five stages of grief, seven stages of grief. That might apply if you've lost a parent, if you've lost a family pet. Um, you know, if an acquaintance passes away that you were particularly close with, you might be able to identify five stages of grief. If you are a widow or a widower and you've lost your spouse, it's having your entire life ripped out from under you, all right? And it becomes more like a yarn ball of emotions. Anger, sadness, fear, loneliness, guilt, remorse, devastation, depression, confusion. Did I say fear? Fear, fear. Loneliness, loneliness. Where do you begin? Because these are all going on like in split seconds. It's not like you're going to feel a phase of emotion over a period of time. No, we're a mess. You won't know it because we're in shock. We are standing there at the funeral. We look like, wow, she's handling this beautifully. She's in a state of shock. That's why she's handling it beautifully. So where do you begin with this? You sit down and you acknowledge how you are feeling. Okay? You don't dull it. You don't ignore it. You don't do what I did and bake apple bread. <laughs> You do not confuse all those emotions as grief. They're not. Grief is a pure emotion. Grief does not include remorse, guilt, loneliness. Grief is a whole other thing. You won't experience grief all by itself until you process some of these other emotions that are going on with you. Then pretty soon, you suddenly get down to just being able to grieve, right? So um, understand that grief is pure, okay? It's not the guilt that you feel. It's not the anger that you feel. It's not the loneliness that you feel. Every one of those feelings is attached to a thought or thoughts that you're thinking about this, right? Right? It's the thoughts you're thinking about the circumstance that your spouse died. True. There is nothing you can do about the circumstance. You can't. The fact your spouse has passed away is something beyond our control. Okay? But you can begin to examine the thought you're playing in your mind about it. And thoughts are optional, by the way. Yeah. We'll talk about that more in depth on more videos. Thoughts are optional. A mind blower when I learned that one. You can begin 
by allowing yourself to feel how you feel. You're not sick. You're not broken. You are you. Your spouse has died, and you are you. You are who you are when you've lost your beloved. It is who you are. It's not a disease. It's not a disorder. You're a widow, and you're going to be okay. You can feel this and not die. You can actually, at some point, begin to kind of feel okay again. Maybe not all the time. When the old painful emotion shows up, you know how to just feel it and allow it. You can process your feelings. You can eventually choose new thoughts and new feelings. That's the miracle that I teach. And it makes my heart burst every time one of my widow coaches actually gets this. And if you have watched this video all the way through and you're not even a widow, God bless you, because the message is for all of you, how to process your feelings and where your feelings are coming from. They are not coming anywhere from outside of you, not from another person. They don't make you feel a certain way, not from a situation, right? Not from an event. These things don't make feelings jump into us. They can't. It always comes through here. It always comes from what you tell yourself about it that generates the emotion. And if you're generating a really negative emotion, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with you, right? Feeling bad is part of being human. We're not meant to have lives like you see on Facebook. If they are not going to be happy, happy all the time. If they were, we would not even know we were happy because we'd have nothing to compare happy to. Just be boring old happy. But if at now and then you feel a little frustrated, feel a little down, means when you get to feel happy again, you notice happy. You're like, whoa, I'm happy. You have to have that contrast. So it's okay to feel the junk feelings and you're going to process them. Shouldn't even call them junk feelings. Don't even like calling them negative feelings, really, because they're just part of the feeling spectrum. And if you're trying to not feel the uncomfortable part of the feeling spectrum, when you narrow that down, like I choose to never feel humiliated, I choose to never feel failure, as you narrow this side, you also narrow this side, okay? Because you don't have the contrast to feel extreme happiness, to feel elation, to feel excitement, delicious anticipation. It narrows out evenly. So thank you for watching this video and thank you for listening to Widowcast if you are hearing this on the podcast. And if you're a widow ready to take that next step, and would like to just dive in and learn more about becoming a widow coach yourself, go to widowcoaches.com. You can put in your name and your email, and I will send you information. I will send you where you can go answer some questions. And if you look like this is something that you are truly interested in, then I'll get in touch. We'll get on a call, okay?
In the meantime, allow your feelings and know that when you can process those feelings, you can also go out there and find some joy in your day. Thank you, guys. Love you. 